Welcome to the D.A.R.E. podcast, where it is all about helping people overcome anxiety and panic attacks. The D.A.R.E. app has over 1 million downloads and is free to download at DareResponse.com. Now, without further ado, here is the D.A.R.E. podcast. Hi, everyone. How's everybody? Hello. I eat up in a wooden closet somewhere far away. (laughs) Sauna. (laughs) Hi guys, I'm somewhere in the Alps in a wood cabin, so my background might look a little bit different from what you used to. <laughs> playing a Where's Aida challenge today, so everybody exactly. go out and find her. Exactly. Hi Michelle, nice to see you. I thought you were in Home Depot, somebody wrote. Home Depot. <laughs> Narnia. Narnia. <laughs> you guys are great. Hi from Veryland. Katie, I really love that you came up with that term. Huh? Have you seen it on my Instagram page? Everybody who doesn't know who where Veryland is, it's Ireland. <laughs> awesome. Michelle, you can see and hear me well, right? Yeah, so I far? see you just fine. Okay, awesome. Shall we head right in? Let's do it. We have 48 questions. Let's see what we, Ooh, well, see awesome. what we get to. Awesome, that's great. Before we just start, I just want who, anybody on the uh, chat who's listening in, listen to doing versus being, okay? Do and be and see what comes up on these calls. If you hear somebody's trying to do something about anxiety and Dare is teaching you how to be with anxiety, just keep that in the back of your head because I looked through some of these questions and that came up a lot, so... Keep that in mind and post in the chat if you hear do words versus be words come up. Yeah. And also think about how could I look at things differently rather than how could I do things differently? Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And sometimes it's also helpful to think of what could I stop doing mm-hmm, rather than mm-hmm. start doing? Right? Yes. Yes. It's the ceasing of effort, not trying to stop either because trying is still effort so even if you look up the definition quickly on your phone do means to perform be means to exist like different and so you're not trying to be if you do there's usually a because if you think about it we might not even be consciously aware of why we do things but that's why you know you'll hear us on the group calls what are you doing and why are you doing it i'm scratching my head because it's itchy i'm looking out the window because something got my attention being doesn't need to have an expectation or um, an intention or a goal right the goal of being isn't to change something the goal of being is no goal there's no goal it's just learning how to exist with what is. So keep that in mind if this is like maybe like theme of this call, theme of all the calls, but more so trying to put it in the forefront of everybody's mind. I love how you started the call with that impulse, Michelle. I think we should do that every time. What? Right. You know, just starting with an impulse, like what, where, where to focus on? Mm. Focus my effort, or less effort on. I think that's a great <laughs> way to, do, to start the call. Good. So first question is from, oh, did you have, do you have some marked out, Michelle? Would you I like have to some marked just in case you didn't, just in case you couldn't make yes. it from the sauna. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it gets too hot and you disappear. Um, <laughs> yeah, because there's so many. I thought I'd marked a couple of different categories yeah. of the same mm-hmm. ones. Um, but yeah, why do you have the, pa- you don't have the papers, do you? 
I do. I oh, do. Okay. If you could just tell me the number, then I can read well, along. I have numbers here. Um, I have, well, this one here, the second one down, I, mm -hmm. I guess it would be number two. I struggle with ruminating negative thoughts. You see that one? Mm -hmm. Yes. How do you engage into an activity when your mind just wants to go back and play the same negative thoughts over and over again? Now, if you've heard our webinars, we've answered versions of this like many different times, but it's a good, it's a good question to start off yes. with because even just how it's worded the first sentence there's more than just one thing going on there mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so the problem you're having and what's really bothering you is the struggle part not that you're having those thoughts but that you struggle because you have the thoughts and struggle always in, not always but mostly implies that i'm trying to control whatever it is in some way and i'm not getting anywhere I'm failing with my efforts and this is where my struggle comes from. So I'm struggling even harder to make it work. Right? And Michelle said something great at the beginning, effort. Keyword is really effort. Am mm -hmm. I putting effort into changing, controlling in any formal way the thing that I'm struggling with? And that is the problem. So the real question would be, how could I let go of the effort? How could I let go of the struggle of trying to change my experience? Mm -hmm. That would be the most important part. And, you know, if you were in the last webinar, I think it was in the last one, Michelle, where you were eating chips. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think that's a great analogy for that. You see, I, Michelle was eating chips while she was talking. So she was doing two things simultaneously without the one thing interfering with the other right mm -hmm. you could have let's say a slight headache and still be hungry and mm -hmm. go eat chips while you're still having while you're still feeling hungry i think a good way is to change the word but with an end mm -hmm. right? yep and while right i can I would yeah multiple things and it's where where's my focus and attention going like uh, driving you use driving a lot as examples yeah. right like it, it involves multiple tasks of checking the window and talking to people and you're doing the radio and you're checking GPS. And, but like usually focus and attention is directed to one of those activities while all the other activities are more mechanical. They're just sure. sort of happening. And so it's this idea of letting those go on notice. If I can be eating chips, I notice the taste of the chips, right? I notice senses while I engage somewhere else, or I notice the smell of something in the air while I, or, and so like multiple things can be happening at once. Just that first line. I struggle. Most of these questions, by the way, come in with, how do you deal with, I'm, I can't tolerate. What if I can't handle, if it gets too much dealing with, do you guys hear doing words, effort words, I struggle with ruminating negative thoughts. Just to break that sentence down, first of all, just to define ruminating, okay? Ruminating is actually an action. It's not the fact that there's thoughts looping around in your head. That's not rumination. So I just want to say that to be clear so that when you guys see all of our other posts, you're not confused about that. If you have let's say a song playing over and over and over and in your head, that's not called rumination. That's just a thought that's stuck on a loop. Rumination is this. Yes. Revving the engine. Oh my gosh, this thought doesn't shut up. What? This 
is what rumination is called. Not this, not a thought looping around. Oh my God, you're never going to make it. I can't handle this. What if this is stupid? That's just a thought loop. Let's call it not rumination. Does this make sense to everybody on the call? So like rumination, again, look up the definition. The simplest of terms means to think deeply about something. So to think about something, you're directing your energy and your efforts towards the thing that happens to be looping around. This is rumination, not the fact that a thought is a negative thought, meaning a thought I find unpleasant that I've marked as bad. And now you're struggling with the thought and you're struggling with trying to not look at the thought. Double mm -hmm. effort. We are just very good doers. 100%, 100%. And now, it's first of all, it's an action, rumination. And secondly, it's also very, very often a sign that you are not accepting your experience. Mm -hmm. If I, the less I accept, the more I ruminate. This is almost true in, in like a hundred percent of cases because why, why do we ruminate? It's problem solving. I'm trying to solve a problem. There's something I've identified as a problem or as a dangerous. So my mind won't rest until it finds a solution to the problem. And even though whatever I'm applying is not working, I'm still trying really hard and I'm analyzing, why is it not working? Should I do this? Let me go and um, listen to another podcast. Let me go and reread the book. Let me do, 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 do. So it's also an avoidance behavior mm -hmm. because I have this illusion going on that as long as I think about something, I'm doing something about mm -hmm. the problem. Mm -hmm. Even sense of control, like problem solving yes. doesn't mean continuing to think about a problem. It doesn't solve a problem. It just continues rumination. Yes. And I want you to think of your mind like a separate entity who thinks that, oh, you know what? As long as we engage in this and let's try to analyze and pick things apart and dissect everything, we're going to get somewhere. Let it do its thing. Mm -hmm. You know mm -hmm. better. You know better. You know that, you know, thinking is, is not solving anything. It's not solving a problem because there is no, no problem to solve. And that's that's the problem. There is no problem to solve because it's like this cat chasing its own tail, mm -hmm. not finding anything. And this is why you go round and round and round. So, And your mind loves to do that because it thinks it's the right thing and because it works so very well in other areas of your life. So yep. why not? Why not apply it here? But it doesn't. It works totally counterintuitive. As you should know by now. So allow your mind to do that. Allow your mind to have thoughts in the loop. Allow your mind to go to, yeah, but you know, what if in the end it is your childhood? What if dear doesn't work? What if you're a special case? Notice that and say, uh-huh. Thanks. Yeah. Interesting thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what? No, I don't have a problem. And you can ruminate as long as you want. If you if you feel like you can solve the problem, go ahead, but I'm not gonna engage in this. Mm -hmm. You need separate that and by the way you guys what i've just explained this is what diffusion is all about I, this the first step of dare diffuse it's not just about kind of short um circuiting this this pattern of what if i had a panic attack oh no it's just a heart palpitation that's one part of it but the bigger part of diffusion really is in realizing that I have an anxious mind that's kind of high mm -hmm. and at the moment it's running wild and doing its thing and it has its coping strategies but I am not that it's just part of my survival mechanism and at the moment it's just ramped up it will calm itself down I know what to do not label this as a problem and treat it in the appropriate way there right? treat it in the appropriate way deep 
fuse and effort continues the fusion. Your fight continues like the important seal to whatever the thing is. And we are generally good fighters and our fight is like our glue that keeps importance and fear and all of that attached to whatever it is. That's why I always have that black circle. Somebody's struggling with thought. Somebody else is going to post about DPDR. Guaranteed. Somebody else is going to post about heart palpitations. Guaranteed. Someone else is going to post about a memory or a what if. Fusion is treating this as if it's a solvable problem. Mm -hmm. And so we engage in problem solving mode for something we don't like don't punch me through the zoom or the podcast or wherever you're going to see this <laughs> but really differentiate like when i use d for dare I, it's diffuse but i use the word differentiate a lot too especially when it comes to diffuse continue to stay fused and solve solvable problems and fight fightable things right stay alive for danger right but if it's like differentiate means what am i fighting is it danger right now or is it something I find highly unpleasant. And if this particular thing wasn't there, I would probably be just carrying on. Or if this thing felt more pleasant, I would have left it alone. Like, do you struggle with thought to find pleasant? Because snakes that are pretty and snakes that are not pretty are still snakes. Okay. Fire that's beautiful and fire that's not beautiful is still fire. It's still danger. Okay. Thoughts yep. I find pleasant and thoughts I find unpleasant are still thoughts. Yep. Still not danger. So we just tend to fight the ones we don't like. We fight the physical sensations we don't like. We fight the feelings we don't like. And thoughts and feelings and sensations are safe. Yes. Amen. <laughs> First of all, amen. Yes. Thoughts are safe. And, you know, on the last uh, call, somebody said, oh, you know, I wouldn't mind about physical sensations at all, but I do mind about this mental sensation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But if you would ask somebody who struggles with, with uh, physical sensations, they would say the same thing. Mm -hmm. It's the thing that you assign the most danger to. And it's the same, you know, when we say, look, if you have uh, a phobia around your heart and you go to a cardiologist and he or she explains to you look this is how your heart functions and it's completely normal to have palpitations you're like oh okay i understood now fine so now i leave it alone and it's the same thing for the mental stuff and even though it's the same thing people don't believe it they're like yeah but mm -hmm. i understand it's normal i understand a lot of people suffer from with these thoughts but still, they're just, this can't be, it just can't be. There must mm -hmm. be something wrong because I have these weird thoughts. And it's crucially important that you treat them in the same way that you treat your physical sensations. Mental sensations are just mental sensations. And guess what? Anxious, what if thoughts? It's just another manifestation of heightened nervous arousal, nothing more. And I love what you said, Michelle, differentiate. Mm -hmm. Differentiate between, is it pleasant? And that's why I'm not fighting it. Or is it unpleasant? That's why I'm fighting it. And also differentiate between you mm -hmm. and the separate mm -hmm. entity. Mm -hmm. Differentiate as, as hard as you can because that's important. Because if you don't, then this fusion takes place. And in, nothing good ever comes out of fusion, ever. Because everything is super emotional. Oh, I'm having this thought. Now I'm having the vush. And because of the vush, this now feels really true. And now I feel the impulse to either fight or flee. So I'm going to engage in that impulse. And then I'm going to 
I'm going to say, oh yeah, it, it's going to feel so true and right because look, mm -hmm. I kept myself safe by avoiding the thought or by not stepping into the grocery store. I avoided the panic attack and that is the reason why I'm safe. If I wouldn't have right. done that, I would be dead by now. And that is the thing, the worst thing that you can do to yourself. The absolute worst thing to confirm your suspicion. <laughs> right? It's not true. You need to teach yourself the right thing and you need to be I'm going to say something that sounds tough and harsh, but you need to be responsible for your own sake. Responsible for your actions and behaviors. Yes. For how I treat what's present. And that means that's the part I have ownership of. I get mm -hmm. to do something about how I treat things. I don't get to do something about what popped up. I yep. can't decide my eyebrow didn't do that weird twitchy thing or that random thought of like, what if I punched that kitten popped up? That's not my, my responsibility. I don't need mm -hmm. to do a damn thing about that. My doing comes after the thing has been, what is, is noticed. Oh, I just had a thought about blank. My body just did blank. If it's past the period, I notice blank happened right now, period. Involvement and resistance is not your friend here. It's your friend for other solvable things. This is why we get super duper successful people in life that get stuck so much in here. The well-known people, the CEOs, the people who have overcome a lot of adversities in life because it served you well to use that doable energy to do things for doable things. Thoughts, feelings, sensations, memories, what ifs, others' opinions, non-doable. Your doable is just depleting you. It is yep. exhausting you probably everybody's probably really tired and really frustrated because your doing's not going anywhere. You don't. And that was my post today. I had a, a picture of a guy with a lot of hands going and it was yoga and grounding and meditation and mindfulness mm -hmm. and what, whatever else I did and breathing. I said, these are good tools gone bad. They yeah. are <laughs> there to be used for being but we're dead we're trying to meditate things away we're trying yeah. to yoga to see if it worked yeah even dare if you're using dare to check to see did it work is my anxiety gone you trying to get rid of anxiety was what started the yeah. problem dare's not gonna get you to do that all the stuff that stuff happens you do feel better it's never goal it kind of happens as a byproduct exactly of your body regulating it itself you oh know, that the, was the end of the post too the body <laughs> regulating itself not you regulating your self-regulating body yes yes so the past week or so i've been doing something that i don't usually do and that was watching the news mm. But I've watched the news like every day and it kind of felt good, you know, to be in the loop, like just knowing what, what's going on in the world, stuff like that. So the day before yesterday, I went to bed and I was super exhausted, went on this long trip, went hiking the whole day. And as I was falling asleep, all of a sudden I had these anxious thoughts, those pictures about the news that I saw. And it came with that, oh my God, now I need to do something about that. And you know how it felt like an intrusive thought. Mm-hmm. It felt like this impulse, like, oh, I need to do something. And it felt horrible to not be able to do something. And guess what I did? I said, yeah. Oh, well, that's sensitization. 
paired mm-hmm. with that image mm-hmm. up and those images I've been watching the past week and this is what it's popping up now and I was like mm, fine do you think and I just went to sleep see and that's and I'm telling you this not because I'm so great at this but I want you to understand that everybody functions the same way our mind functions the same way michelle and i still do you get thoughts like that it's not that and oh, wishes God. and anxiety and sad and angry and doubt Absolutely. and zap we do we just are better at how we treat our bodies when it does that yes do you usually yeah not and always usually really but yeah now look at it this way do you expect your spouse or your kids to always be happy or in a good mood and never be tired never be sad never be depressed or always get along or like always, always get along because now our relationship has recovered and has now we are like what's recovery look like like there's no like that's why this world belongs in that world relationship yeah. world like there's no yeah. if you look up relationship therapists or couples counseling and stuff like that you don't see anything about relationship disorders mm-hmm. right parenting disorders it's like oh we develop certain habits that work and don't work and when oh i know here we are stuck in some old patterns of behavior again and so there's no cure for relationship problems or parenting problems because there was no illness and that's another way like this, this world is crammed into like the medical mindset. It's, it's, oh, it's an ongoing thing, not because we're stuck with a black smudge in our brain for the rest of our life, but just because we're human and we have the ability to develop like this is fueled by habit, habit. Okay. And habits that are like, you know, just behaviors that continue over time. And it, it's a good thing because we can change habits you change habits by changing behaviors and when you start changing consciously changing your conscious behaviors your habits start changing in the background right and so this isn't like a do the right thing and then the sign that i'm better is anxiety is gone that's why i try and be as open of a book as possible to say like oh i got a whoosh here oh i felt real anxious oh i had all these thoughts oh my creative brain oh imagine that because I'm showing you how I treat my normal creative brain and my normal uncomfortable body. I'm not better because it's all gone. Exactly, exactly. It's really, really important. And you know, we know we talk about the same thing over and over, um, but it's really important that you start there. We will always and forever, as long as we're going to keep doing webinars of being Michelle and Aida in this position, we're going to talk about this. It's your attitude. Normalize, normalize, normalize. The other day, somebody asked me, like, what would be your vision in, like, you know, therapy? It's like, well, my vision would be for everybody to normalize all the crazy, bizarre things. That Thank you. That will be my... if. If I would die tomorrow and that would be in place, I would I would be happy because that is so important because this is what gets us into trouble in the first place. This is what gets the next generation into trouble. This mm-hmm. is what got us into trouble. Mm-hmm. This is what mm-hmm. got the therapists into trouble that we saw when we experienced that. And they were like, oh, let me take notes. That sounds really bad. <laughs> like, what? If somebody would tell you, you know, that's normal. I mean, it sucks, right? It's it's unpleasant and it's okay. Just allow yourself to not feel well. It's part of life. Right, right, right. The notion of life is about happiness. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
probably one of our the, the worst things for a goal. Yep. Or trying to not be unhappy or, you know, like feeling again, another one of our little lines, feelings aren't goals. Yep. The absence or presence of certain feelings are not goals. Therefore, they are not successes, nor are they failures. So if mm -hmm. you told me, I feel anxious, I'd say, okay. okay. What, why are you telling me you feel anxious? Why are you yeah. telling me? Did you tell me you felt cold? Did you tell me you had a muscle cramp? You're, why are you... Again, just being kind of a dick here, but it's playing devil's advocate. Like, why is that important? Why didn't you tell me you felt um, a random whoosh of joy for a second? Because we do get those. Usually mm -hmm. joy shows up in the same short period of time a panic whoosh shows up. We think we live in a state of joy and peace and bliss. And, and uh, like, it's not like that. You get these. Oh, who does it? Let me ask uh, Michelle. Sorry to interrupt you. Great question there. Guys, who lives in constant bliss? and happiness and if you look back at the last 10 years of your life have they been full of bliss and mm -hmm. happiness or think of the times that were hard that were challenging that you had to raise a family make ends meet become someone look after your career uh, not look homeless when you go grocery shop mm -hmm. shopping clean your house take care of the pets be social have friends right that's all hard it, it's it's rarely pleasant. It's pleasant in those moments when you're like together and your family having you know the drink together and when the kids are smiling and they say I love you, mommy. But mm -hmm. in between, all yeah. that's in between. That's tough. That's and honestly, tough. in between is mo mostly this is the feeling you feel most of the day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, like it's usually kind of nothing. It's usually just sort of like, mm -hmm. and somebody called me my attention to this. I don't know if I ever mentioned this on a webinar. I talked to this person. They wanted to do like a, a, a five day in a row sort of challenge thing with me, something I don't generally do. But every morning for five days, that was it. I talked to this person and that person's goal was like, why I just can't be happy and I've lived life as a goal of being happy and everybody else is happy and I should be happy. Here are the words. And like, no matter what I do, I can't find happy. And this person got into my head. And mm -hmm. so after the call, now I consider myself a pretty happy person. Okay. I would just use those words. Okay. Now, if you were to ask me, like, how was your day yesterday? Like, Aida, how was your day yesterday? Like, how would you, like, hey, what's up? How was yesterday? What would you oh, just say automatically? Uh, I would automatically say, oh, good. Challenging, but good. Yeah, it's good. It's fine. It's fine, right? But if I were to ask you, did you feel the feeling of happy yesterday? Hmm. I would have to think. <laughs> that's, and that's what I did. I'm like, like, yesterday was fine, but was I happy yesterday? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> was I happy yesterday? And now I'm thinking back, trying to go find a feeling from yesterday. I'm mm -hmm. like, and I'm thinking of the things that like made me laugh or that I liked or maybe was comfortable. And like, yeah, but I wasn't happy. Like, do you yeah. feel the feeling of happy right no. now? No. Like if I think about yesterday, it was fun, but very challenging. I was exhausted and I kind of 
felt a bit sick, but I still had great conversations and it was mixed up with a lot of stuff, but I wouldn't particularly say, oh, yesterday was such a happy day. You know what it was? It was meaningful. Mm. I mean, that sounds so... Woo -woo, but oh, I love that. I love that. It was meaningful. And I'm writing that down, my Aida-ism. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Michelle's writing a book about me. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. So meaningful. I love that. Most things in our life that we think of happy or things we would like to have are really things that are meaningful. Mm -hmm. And if you look closely and zoom in, of all the things that you have that are really dear to your heart, was it not like a really bumpy, tough road to get to those things? So why do we hate anxiety so much? Why are we so upset about it? Why do we resent it so, so much when actually we need that to get to a place that is valuable and important to us? And that is the learn. What is the learning in anxiety? The learning is that this belongs to life too. And you have not been allowing this in. You have been pushing it aside and resisting this truth that it is an integral part of your life. You're resisting it. And that is the struggle. And I know many of you will listen to this and say, hold on, Aida. Like, why am I here? I'm here because I want to get rid of this ugly feeling that's been destroying every quality of my life. You will not have anxiety about anxiety anymore. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Anxiety about mm -hmm. it. You will have anxiety as Michelle and I do. And you will have weird sensations. You will have wishes from time to time. But you will not be upset about them anymore. But in You order won't have to anxiety squared. You'll just have anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Write that down too. <laughs> I wrote that somewhere at some point a long time ago. Yeah. Somewhere. So, but in order to get there, in order to to get where we are, you just need to start being okay with it now. And you yeah. don't need to read another book. You don't need another podcast. You don't need another tool. You just need to truly a hundred percent, not seventy percent, not ninety, hundred percent truly allow it to be with you and be okay and stop every effort no matter how little to try and change mm -hmm. it you Except have an effort problem not an anxiety problem an effort yeah. problem that's hooked into anxiety and you can hook it into feeling detached you can hook it into feelings of doom you can hook it into nausea it's really yes it's, we're talking about anxiety disorders but the disorder is me hooking doing behaviors into non-doable things it just happens to be in the context of anxiety so let's just say that's the color pink somebody else might say well what about the color purple well are <laughs> you doing the same things you're trying to do about pink as opposed to it's just pink it's just purple anxiety is is here and you battling what's here is the disorder not what's here and so I wrote something up, like to the anxiety squared line. It's something like, like you stop having anxiety about anxiety by allowing yourself to have anxiety. Mm -hmm. right? And so yep. Yep. you stop the battle of DPDR when you just get better at feel at letting yourself feel disconnected when your body does feel disconnected. You get, you don't. You lose your anxiety about nausea when you get better at just being nauseous when your body is nauseous.
not waiting for nauseous to stop or when is it ever going to go away or did I try 5 million things um, to see if it worked. Being, doing. We find some unpleasant thing that's happening and we go automatically into doing mode until the unpleasant thing is gone. <sighs> then I can stop doing. That's what starts sending the message that the unpleasant thing is now more than unpleasant. It's now yeah. unpleasant and important and dangerous. So watch out for the next thing that will be unpleasant. And this is where anticipatory anxiety comes in. Mm-hmm. This is when you confirm oh, your, your anxious mind suspicion. Oh, that's unpleasant. That's not good for us. That's dangerous. We can't handle that. Isn't that a sad line? Isn't that the saddest thing that anxiety makes us believe? You can't handle that. Mm-hmm. And this is why people often remark, I feel so weak. I feel I've lost all my strength. It's not because you are weak or because you've lost your strength. It is because you're buying into that story that you can't handle it. Your mind tells you you can't. And you're like, oh, yeah, you're right. I can't. So let's not do it. Mm-hmm. So, oh, yeah, you, I was right. I kept you safe. That you need to prove your anxious mind wrong. And you can only ever do that with doing. <laughs> I mean, doing Doing doing, li- doing life, yeah. <laughs> yeah do, doing life, right? Doing the opposite of what anxiety tells you and stopping the effort to try and make the anxiety go away so you can go out and live mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. It never worked and it will never work. Wasting your energy there. Yeah. Right. I haven't put it up yet, but I have about handle and two, T-O-O, okay? Because I hear that constantly. And this is somebody who, these are people and- all of us, right? We were on one of them, right? Like play it out. Here's this feeling and okay, except a lot of it is seven. So here, what's your thing, everybody in the chat? What's your thing? What's the most you're okay with? I have like a seven, but if it gets to a nine, I'm afraid it'll be T-O-O, too much. And if it gets past a certain point, I won't be able to handle it. And then what? It's some awful worst case scenario story. I'm going to die. I'm going to go crazy. I don't have anybody around me to calm me down. And like this to and handle what it's usually over a period of time, people develop a disordered relationship with feelings in their body. This will be too much for me to handle. And if you're using words like that, that's the problematic part not the thing that shows up so the thing that shows up would be like internal exposure therapy type stuff that you get better at feeling like one of the questions on here how to deal already the word how to deal with morning doom doom a feeling sense of apprehension urgency i described it to somebody on the last on one of my calls i said when i feel that feeling Doom to me is more kind of like this, like it's churning and anticipation is like, like a wave that's frozen in time. Like Mm -hmm. it's it's kind of curved, but it hasn't crashed. You're like waiting for it to crash. So you're just waiting for some shit to happen for it to crash. And like, so you wake up with that feeling, you get better at feeling doom. You get better at feeling urgency. You get better at feeling the feeling of anticipation. Because that's just part of the bodysuit package, okay? You want an orgasm? Guess what? You also get diarrhea, okay? You want joy? You also get pain. That's just how it works. It's part of the suit. 
it's a package deal. And like you were describing that before, it's, that's just what is, this is the stuff your body is able to create. The disorder is us kind of, we turn inward and we embattle the parts of us we find unpleasant. And that's where the danger story begins. Yeah, and I would like to remind you to, uh, we've covered this in, in the last podcast and on several other videos, but, but the morning doom, why do you hate it so much? It's because you're assigning some meaning to it. I have this feeling of doom, so there must be something coming. Mm-hmm. Something will come and, and all hell will break loose or else I wouldn't have this feeling. So I'm looking for the reason, right? That's what, when I talk about context. When I have a feeling of doom because I see <gasps> there is a volcano erupting at the mm-hmm. moment. Mm-hmm. Doom. I don't worry about the feeling of doom because I know why I have it. Thank you, Bobby. <laughs> so now I can go myself to safety, right? But if I just look out of the window and I all of a sudden have this feeling of doom, but there's no freaking volcano out there. And I'm like, what, what's going on? Why do I have the feeling of doom? So my body is trying mm-hmm. to tell me something and I can find it, but I now need to find it. And that is the, the the sneaky thing about anxiety. When it's a misfire, you won't ever find anything. Yep. Because yep. it's a misfire. Or you will, but you're going to find a fake. You're like, oh my God, it's this green sweater. And now guess who stops wearing green sweaters or sweaters or green or clothes? Because has, I, I'm trying to get rid of the feeling. You don't get rid of doom. You're like, oh, hey, thanks for the doom. Thanks for the doom. Oh, look, it wasn't a volcano. Or I thought I almost missed that bottom step, but I didn't. So I got the whoosh and I don't need it anymore because I'm not actively falling down the steps. So now I'm just left with jitter. I'm left with shake. I'm left with angst. I'm left with whatever. It's all the uncomfortable, unpleasant stuff. You don't need to do something to get rid of it. You trying to get rid of it was what started the problem and is what maintains the problem. Don't listen to this podcast to try to do what we did to then check to see if it worked, if it's gone. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Think of this guy up here. Okay. Your, your stress system, like, like you're having a bodyguard and he's super, like he's so careful because he needs to keep you safe and he's really good at his job. But sometimes he becomes overly careful and takes on this aim and fire mentality aim and fire aim and fire so shoot first and then see oh you know better safe than sorry (laughs) kind of this way this is what sensitization is in a nutshell and when your bodyguard feels like that he's gonna misfire all the time Mm -hmm. but you are the one noticing that and saying dude you know that was just too much okay no need to do that again look this is safe and i'm going to show you it's a sim. I know this sounds like, oh my God, how can you explain something so simple? You don't know how I'm feeling. This is so much worse. Guys, I've been there. Okay. Mm-hmm. I've been there. I know how it feels, but this is exactly how it works. You need to take back your leader position, your teacher position, your whatever use, whatever analogy suits you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Puppy and the owner or parent and kid or therapist and, and patient or whatever, rich person having a bodyguard. <laughs> it is like Magdalena, thank you. It's about leadership. You need I to- I like that, good word. Yes, it's really good. You need to lead your stress system and your anxious mind. And you do that with behavior and with, I like the word internal exposure. <laughs> That's really fantastic. A lot, a lot of dares about internal exposure. Mm-hmm. You guys might hear it as interoceptive therapy. Anybody ever hear that word? Um, there's a like 
don't get too lost in the acronyms and all the words and all that stuff. But like, again, mm-hmm. again, so yes, yeah, somebody just wrote, what's an internal exposure therapy? Really? Any, you, most of you guys know exposure therapy going out to the bridge. Honestly, it has nothing to do with the bridge. You're really doing expo- external exposure therapy to really do internal exposure therapy. <laughs> You're only going to the bridge to get better at feeling scared on the bridge. And so it's, if you turn inward and you just opened up the curtains behind the scenes and you treated everything you found like this, mm. that's where you find your peace. Oh, thoughts. Look at all of my thoughts. Yep. Look at all the things my body does. Look at all those feelings. And you picture yourself sitting here as one color washes over you and it changes to another color and you treat them all like this. Notice the times go like this or the padlocks on some of the the parts. That's really a therapist is to help you let go of the fight of what's back there, not fix what's back there. Not get rid of the stuff we don't like and replace it with the good stuff back there. (sighs) How to do this while you look back there and then notice back there and come back to life. Both worlds are safe. We tend to get so stuck in one because we're focused on the stuff we don't like here and then we feel so disconnected here and then we desperately try to engage here to run from back here. That's what's exhausting, not what's here. Battling yourself. 24 7 is the exhaustion yeah and i'm going to give you proof that what we're saying works i want you to imagine or go back to the very first time you started to experience the thing that is troubling you it could be panic attack or thoughts or nausea or whatnot and you you started to feel anxious just imagine you would have had a person and you would have shared your struggle with them and they would say oh that my thoughts are much worse than this look this is just an intrusive thought or yeah let yourself throw up what's the problem right mm-hmm. how would have that changed the course of things if you had had somebody who had told you this is nothing just mm-hmm. treat it as irrelevant that's normal. normalization normalization mm-hmm. don't try to, to take over your body's job that, that's not your business right if you would have had that where would you be today I think for some people, you know, it's a few months of unlearning. For some people, it's a few years of unlearning. But you see somebody wrote a lot would have changed. In Michelle's case, and in my case, definitely too. And in Barry's case, definitely too. Right? And what you're learning now is what you should have learned. When yeah, all of not relearned. Happened. It would be nice to learn yeah. it. Just same way, the same way with the first time you get, um, what's the word? Deja vu, right? If If that was like, oh, no, we don't talk about Oh, sh- oh, don't tell. Oh, we don't have that. Oh, it's calm down. Calm down your deja vu, right? It's it's more like it feels confusing. It feels like, whoa, it feels like I've, wow, it feels like I've done this before. And when you hear somebody else go, oh, yeah, it's deja vu. Yeah. In such a nonchalant sort of way, even if it's something that feels, oh, yeah, that's diarrhea. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. that's whatever. Like, even if it's something highly unpleasant, oh, yeah, it's childbirth. Childbirth feels absolutely awful. But at least we're all, we all feel the awful. And mm-hmm. it's normalized to feel that that feeling is supposed to feel mm-hmm. awful. Oh, deja vu. Yeah, that's what it feels like. But if you were living in this like secretive, yeah. oh my God, nobody else is feeling this way. What's wrong with me is usually the line that keeps everybody stuck here. That's a line that will keep you here longer than necessary. Continuing to ask, what's wrong with me? 
what's wrong with me. And every time I feel this feeling, it means there's still something wrong with me as opposed to, oh no, nothing's wrong. Oh, that's deja vu. Why? Why did I feel? I don't know. I mean, maybe at some somebody somewhere in your brain could see that there is an electro that misfired and perception of your eyes. But honestly, for us normal human beings, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. And that's okay. Yeah, exactly. Be the person that you would have needed when this started. Be that person today. Yeah. And that's going full circle back to diffusion. Okay. So when anxiety hits you, diffuse and step into the role of that person that you would have needed back then then you you only need that and to gather your courage and patience and repeat and repeat and repeat you don't need michelle you don't need me we are just merely reminding you mm -hmm. of but this you can do this for yourself you know it's so funny what we were just saying before it's like somebody and it's also somebody was asking about the why's like why why am i feeling this way like we tend to there's always a lot of like what why should i leave it alone why should i not be involved and it's we, how about we pin your why's to why should i keep thinking about this like you're like why am i keep why am i doing this why why am i can like why should be pinned to your continued action not to your need to unaction need for non-action and that's not coming out the way it was coming out in my brain but it's no, like it's great. yeah that's so true that's so true why don't we ask why don't we, why should i stay in like why should i keep staring at this thought rather yeah. than why is the thought still there it's why am i still staring at this thought because i find it highly unpleasant okay i still find it highly unpleasant on the third hour of me staring at it so f it that's the that's all of there can be summed up into that effort attitude of like, again, Barry's nice. He's a nice guy. He's calm. He wrote a, a book with nice words. Or not that I ate as much nicer. I'm a dick, kind of. And I, I know I'm not everybody's cup of tea, but it's this unspoken line of dare of whether you like it or not it still is right whether you like it or not whether you like it or not that's how you feel and many people have nausea without an anxiety disorder locked in nausea many people feel dp who on who in the chat right now who gets that dpdr feeling but they don't give two shits about it they're like trying to not have a heart attack right or vice versa or whatever and so it's like it doesn't matter what's here. You treating what's here as if it mattered is what started the whole it matters problem. Well, I want to raise my hand too. I forgot. I, I, I'm that person too now. I get it from time to time. And I'm like, eh, F it. But I, I wasn't like this. Right? Mm -hmm. When I had it, I was like you. I was like, it was the worst experience for me back then because I was, I was convinced that something is deeply, deeply wrong with me. And furthermore, that nobody can fix it. Nobody. There is no professor in the world that knows what is going on and that can just turn mm -hmm. a switch on a pill and fix me. It was this feeling of being completely helpless. Nobody can help me and I'm stuck in this forever. Now imagine that recipe. <laughs> imagine mm -hmm. that, that feeling. And so we know where, where you are at at the moment. But it was this feeling, uh, the this wouldn't have ever gotten so bad if I wouldn't have believed that this thing can harm me, that this is going to make me go crazy. It's the worst case scenario attached to everything that causes 
that intense anxiety that comes with that strong impulse to do something, but I can't. So I'm trying, I'm still trying, but I can't. And that repeated failure of me trying to exert mm -hmm. control mm -hmm. leads to overwhelming anxiety. So try and just, you know, after this, this webinar, just reflect, maybe take five minutes, three minutes, okay, before you get up of your chair and go about your chores. Think about this. What am I doing that I know I'm doing with the aim to get rid of it? Mm -hmm. What's here, right? I, I, I did a video. I don't know if you guys saw it. I'm like, it was my top notch editing skills. You'd be proud. You would not be proud because you're the video editor and you know what mine look like. The, the black squiggly. So I did you guys see the one I had a black squiggly in front of my face and it was about um, how to sit with it. And I was I was on a, a couch. And so like I'm here and I'm here and I have the black squiggly in front of my face. And yep. I did this. I get up and I turn and yep. I sat here and the black squiggly stayed. Okay. I, I couldn't figure out how to make it bigger, smaller, and come and go. That'll be the next one. But it's perfect. This is this is how I want you guys like tie that into what Aida was saying of okay, what's here? Take a step back. Oh my god, this is here and this is here and this is here. Oh, hold on. What's yep. here? It was like a beard stroking mindset. Oh, what's here? Oh my God. Yeah. Look at that's there. And that's there. And that's there. And now I'm much more interested in you looking here, not here of how am I treating what's here? Am I in doing mode or am I in being mode? Now I might be more doing to certain things than other ones. And this is the part you get better at, but period being with what is without a goal. Without it going, like you don't accept something to then check to see if it's gone. Acceptance isn't even a thing to do. It's something that happens once you non-do. Yeah. Here I go, you know, my fake words. No, you Michelle, remember in, in the Academy when we were recording the videos, we had this great phrase, you don't diffuse to get rid of mm -hmm. thoughts. Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. don't allow to change your feelings. You don't run towards to not panic. And you don't engage to distract. Right, right, because right. All people go wrong, right? Well, let me diffuse and the thoughts won't come up or they will change. Well, let me allow then this feeling will go away. Let me run towards and I won't panic anymore. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Keep anxiously busy the whole day and say I'm engaging and when I'm not. Right. And right. you will fall into one of these categories. So take take a few moments after this webinar and really reflect and, and see what that will give you the most. This will be more valuable than you calling Michelle or me in a one-to-one -one call and saying, can you please tell me what's wrong with you or what to do? If you sit down, make those notes and like, oh, this is what I'm doing. Now, if you still need help <laughs> to let go of those things, to stop doing the things or find better alternatives and you don't know what, you can book a call. But in like in most cases, you can do that. Yeah. The answers are never going to be like, you're never going to implement. Implementation won't happen on these calls. It'll be like, again, if I'm showing you chords on a guitar or something like that, it'll be you going out and playing the guitar and royally messing up playing the guitar. But knowing that practice means I get it right and wrong. Practice means I practice strumming the guitar, not I do it right every time. And so I get better at just 
being and not trying to be and oh my god I failed but how but why but I can't that's still effortful that's still goal oriented and the the frustrating part is is that you already do this all day long for hundreds of other things hundreds of other things but you're just not aware that you do it because it happens in like this world of you're not aware of being unaware Right. It's so weird until you're aware of it again. And then you notice you weren't unaware until now your attention isn't called back to it. That makes sense, guys. And like this weird Dr. Seuss way, like like you're not like how many people woke up aware that their throat was not sore today? Were you like appreciative of like you woke up and you're like, wow, my throat's so not sore today. No, not unless you're comparing it to having maybe just older, a throat. Maybe the older we get. Oh, thank God. <laughs> but it's because they, they did hurt at some point. Right? Absolutely true, true, Michelle. But right, think about this, guys. And when you wake up next morning, think about Michelle. Remember this conversation. Where's your focus? Mm-hmm. Where's your focus? Mm-hmm. Notice and change it in, in, to, to something different. It is that easy. And it, expectation management is also really, really important. When we are, and it's the craziest thing, Michelle, isn't it? When we're sensitized, we know we're sensitized, but we expect from our body and our mind to not do the things that they do when they're mm-hmm. sensitized. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like, oh, let's have two bottles of wine, but not get drunk. Right, right. Why am I so dizzy the next morning? Why is everything spinny? Why is it spinny? I shouldn't be spinny. I should have stopped because you're drunk. That's why you're spinny. And like, again, you just sort of accept, oh yeah, that's what drunk feels like. Oh yeah, that's what hangover feels like. Oh yeah, that's what whatever feels like. Oh, th- right. That's what like, I oh, I have, um, I'm having diarrhea. Oh, but I don't like these stomach cramps. But why do I have these stomach cramps? I feel like I, because th- that's just what comes with the territory of that particular experience, right? Yes. And so this is the experience of a heightened state. And spoiler alert, it feels shitty. Because it's supposed to feel shitty. Because if you felt good when a bear's about to eat you, we would have all been eaten by bears. And so it doesn't matter. This is when it's good to feel uncomfortable because your body's jolted into a heightened state. So you can do. Okay? And it will come down into rest and digest when it sees you've gone from doing back to being and when you go to being first then your body regulates itself it follows your lead you don't have to keep fighting because your body's sending you fight energy it keeps sending you fight energy because you still keep fighting and so you have to cease fight first back to living behaviors but without not as that a goal not to see if it worked that's a trick to see if that's gone Uh, i fail Oh my God, it's gone. Oh, but I'm still anxious. Not that, just with the period. I'm going to start mailing people periods. Yes. And guys, tell me in the chat, Michelle said the territory of, you know, that that comes with alcohol. Now, Now tell me about sensitization. What do you expect your body to feel like when you're sensitized, your body to do when you're sensitized and your mind to do when you're sensitized, right? Just change drunk with, sensitized or Mm -hmm. for that matter tired exhausted sick i'm having a cold how do you expect your body to to function or your mind to function what kind of thoughts do you expect to have when you're 
newly in love and you're in that honeymoon phase what do you expect to think mm-hmm. and now tell me about your thoughts when you've just lost your job because your colleague colleague told some lies about you and embarrassed you in front of the whole crew how would you or, or when somebody leaves you like your partner leaves you for somebody else what kind of thoughts run through your head but all the things that are wrong with you all the flaws all the things that you shouldn't have been doing all those things, this is what minds do. This is what bodies do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just because they have this life of their own, it does not mean, listen carefully, that it is true. Or that there's something wrong. It's just that's what your body does. And it shows how not wrong your body is. Because if you're spending your day involved in all the what ifs of danger and the gloom and doom and the terrible things that can happen, of course you're in a sensitized state. Okay. If you're thinking about funny things all day long, involved in comedy and funny things, your body's going to be in an amused state. Your body just sort of follows what your where your involvement is. If you're watching sexy movies, your body's going to follow its lead and your body's going to act as if sex, even though you're not having sex. That's an amazing one. Like, just think about that. Like, I can like get my body to do all these things when nothing's even happening. Except in here, in my mind. And so where does the heightened state follow? When I'm involved in danger. Whether it's um, I'm here involved in a memory of danger, in my imagination of future danger, in treating present things as danger, or even if I'm in real danger, I will be in a sensitized state. But guess what? We don't give two shits about the sensitized state. When we're in real danger, it's useful It's when it's not useful, then we turn this way and we treat the sensitized state as the danger. And the sensitized state is not danger. It just is. It's just sensitized. Just, right? Just write that down. It's just sensitization. And what can I expect from sensitization? Right. So if you're having home palpitations, if you're having what-if thoughts, if you're just feeling just off, just not right, yeah, this is how I am supposed to feel. And I'm going to let this alone the same way my body will take care of the alcohol. Mm-hmm. It will take care of it. We mm-hmm. don't say, that, how drunk, how drunk, uh, how drunk am I still? How much percentile of alcohol is still in my blood? How is my liver functioning? <laughs> is it doing its job properly? When we don't do that, we're like, yeah, okay, I'm fucking drunk. Okay, let's call it a day. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tomorrow and treat sensitization the same way do yourself a favor and just try this very simple thing because this is where the key lies this is what can make and break things how we respond to sense mm-hmm. mm-hmm. so everything starts and then everything just takes on this big big uh u-turn it's this guys i haven't held this up in a while it's this okay we like this mm-hmm. we like calm And then something happens and this is sensitization. Okay. So now the snow's going. Us doers do a lot of this. Oh my God, let's try this. Let's try this. Let's try this. Did it work? Is it gone? And every effort kind of just keeps stirring it back up. Your effort keeps it shaking. Your effort doesn't ever speed this process up. And so like Aida was saying, like your body takes care of drunk. You don't, fight away drunk you your actions created drunk and now <laughs> you kind of just don't do anything just like you don't do anything with this it's i i was saying again i i hate this 
Let's talk about it and let's stare at it. Let's involve and let's do and let's do and let's do and let's do. Why isn't it calm yet? Put it down. And guess what? You're going to put it down and it's still going to keep going. Still doesn't matter. Still your involvement does nothing. Like if, and if anybody's standing right now or could stand up on this webinar for the next 10 seconds, jump or like run in place or do a jumping jack, do it for 10 seconds, like exert effort, get your lungs pumping. Can it, it well, well, who's participating? Anybody participate with me? Like get your body up and up and up and up and up and going. Okay. Now sit. Now calm yourself down. Yeah. Turn inward and shut off your lungs. Oh yeah. But do it fast. Like now. Okay. Hurry up because oh, your, your life is on the line. Yeah. Very you. important because you may die or go crazy or lose control or be stuck in this perpetual state forever. Tell your lungs to, to, to stop breathing so hard. Tell your, your heart to stop pumping that hard. You don't need that. Calm down instantly. Okay. Relax your muscles. Relax all of them. Okay. Done. You there yet? Yeah. Did it work? That's all we're teaching. We're just teaching you how to stop running. Not even how to try stop running. Just stop. Yeah. Stop. Stop running. Stop doing. Stop paying a lot of money. Stop doing all the worksheets and checking all the things and stop. Ceasing of effort. If you have a doing disorder, the cure is ceasing of effort. Yes. Cease. Declare a truce, wave a white flag. By the way, this was one of my uh, the analogies I really loved when I felt the impulse of do something, right? So there's thought or memory or sensation, then comes the whoosh, and then comes the impulse to oh, do something. I was like, ah, I'm noticing that. But you know what? Calling a truce and waving a white flag, mm -hmm. not doing that anymore. Not doing that anymore. Find yourself an alternative to the impulse that you feel. And then practice that and stick with one. And try, what do you have to lose if you stick with that for three days? And after three days, come back and evaluate and say, hmm, did it actually help me just be more grounded and just be more in the here and now with whatever it is? And of course, do let us know. Uh, text us somewhere on the day pages. We would love to hear. Yeah, and participate on the Facebook pages. Um, yeah, if most of you, if you're hearing this live, that means you're one of the premium app members. So you can come on to our Facebook pages and and post there, post pictures, post videos of here's the black squiggly, and here is how I treated this black squiggly. Here I am bringing my black squiggly onto the plane. Here I am with my black squiggly on the bus. Here I am with my black squiggly. And so we get better at being with this thing while we keep doing life, right? Keep living life. But it's the doing of the, the doing for this stuff that we're here to cease. Not cease living and sit here and literally sit with it all day long. Am I telling you to do that? Unless you were just already sitting, then continue sitting, carry on sitting, carry on laying in bed, carry on grocery shopping, carry on talking while you eat chips, while you smell that smell in the air, while you kind of like notice your, the, what the, whatever's going on in your internal world, the same way you would notice your external senses, what you see, what you smell, what you hear, what you taste. You, you guys already, everybody already does this. We already have these noticeable things while we carry on. It's just the internal world we tend to be at odds with. Yes. Be more okay with the weird things.
<laughs> thank you guys for being here thank you michelle and also thank you guys that shows like the most fun person in the world oh, like I, it's so true like every webinar every team meeting whatever we have like michelle always brings all the fun in and you're making this such a great experience every time i think not, not just talking for myself but uh for all the people in the chat michelle is the best you see. oh and, I'm so, and i couldn't do it without you here because i've done a couple over the last few months with the shit with the just being me and it's not as good <laughs> yeah it was i'm sure it was perfect but thank you thank you guys thank you michelle and see you next time bye everyone on see you on the next one take care bye Thank you for listening to the D.A.R.E. podcast. The D.A.R.E. app has over 1 million downloads and is helping people all around the world to overcome anxiety and panic attacks. You can download the app for free at dareresponse.com.